1: To the shutdown full cast. This is podcast
2: business. What's that business? Business podcast interrupting the show intro. Let's talk business on the. No! No! What?
1: Not talking business.
2: What's happening?
1: Talking about the Bucks.
2: Tampa Bay? No! The Bucks.
1: Milwaukee?
2: Ohio State, you fools!
1: Not talking enough. About the Buckeyes
0: is there supposed to be music here Uh,
1: you know like I figured if we were going to actually pay proper tribute to Ohio State we would need to make them feel comfortable because I know everything else happened in college football this weekend and as the internet's only college football podcast we have to cover it all and we have to cover it from the top the biggest meatiest piece of alligator meat in this particular gumbo being LSU finally getting over the hump against Alabama and handing Nick Saban yet another loss in the mounting pile of high point losses that Alabama has suffered getting that fire saban hashtag pumping on Twitter it really wasn't people doing that it was just it was just Tennessee fans mostly using the hashtag and like attempting to seed the internet with that what? which they, which they succeeded we'll get we'll get to that <laughs> those the are fire russian
0: saban. operatives
1: it was great. Tennessee fans oh. became like Russian internet trolls for about three hours last night and it was sublime.
2: This is why I don't watch these games. They
1: were high off beating Kentucky, man. <laughs> they just decided to roll with it.
2: Okay, we'll come back to that because I genuinely but, missed all of this last night. But
0: but I, Spencer, you have Ohio State music, right?
1: This is Ohio State music.
0: Okay, now yeah! I hear it. Now now I hear it. The Bucs! Now it's gone.
2: No! It's back!
0: I hear you. I, again.
2: Interestingly, I can hear. But the box! Wait, so Jason, you couldn't hear that when he was playing it?
0: I hear Spencer hollering, and then I hear it sounds sort of like there's a Game Boy in the next room.
2: Oh, this is great. This is like some Polar Express shit. Yeah, yeah
0: now we're cooking.
2: The box! No, no! No, don't play it more. <laughs> Would beat Maryland! The,
0: the, the lyrics and the, um, the passion of the delivery it reminds me of the Willie Taggart bus video. <laughs> Let Coach it's T ride goes. this bus!
1: Yeah. 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 yeah! Go
0: Bulls!
1: I need three years! Future notice to other employers, I need three years! <laughs> not one and a half! That's not enough!
0: Let Coach T park this bus!
1: Yeah, it's gonna take three years! Results may vary! You'll end up hiring Mike Leach. Oh, God, please no. Anyway, we didn't talk enough about the Bucks. so uh, as I was alerted on Twitter by the most demure and humble fan base in all of college football, Ohio State, who, by the way, they're in the walls, and they will find any possible crack to get through and discuss their beloved Buckeyes because they, uh... Yeah! <laughs> they beat Maryland! That Maryland! I
0: like that the joke... And
2: Northwestern!
0: This joke we've Talk had for about years it. about Ohio State fans, that they re- reroute every conversation to themselves. I love how reliable they are about it. Because, like, they're not doing it on purpose at this point. They just really like doing it.
1: No, and,
2: you, you know... A cuppy cup really summed it up beautifully for me while all this was going on. I miss the Knowles.
1: I do, man. <laughs> I really do. Like, at least Florida State, you know, I, I'd get, you know, like a good, consistent, you know, tone on them. With with Ohio State, it's always so cheated and emotional, you know? Which, I don't know. It, like, I know everyone says Ohio State's invincible right now, but... <laughs> Look at the schedule! You played Indiana!
2: Nine win, Indiana!
0: Ranked Indiana.
2: That's right! And Nebraska!
0: Not ranked, Michigan Nebraska.
2: I resent, okay, I resent this joke not because the song is still playing, but because now we're actually talking about Ohio State. Why the fuck are you giving them what they want at the top of the show?
1: The Spartans! We beat the Spartans!
0: We could talk about Ooh, yeah. uh, Ohio's... Nothing wh- how, bad, how about nothing we talk about... Them. Let's talk about Ohio's best college Illinois football player. What if we did great
2: that? Contain- Joe Burrow?
1: That would be Joe Burrow, yeah. That
2: would be Joe Burrow.
0: Yeah, so then we can talk about a a pivot to a a more exciting football team playing a more exciting game.
2: I agree. Uh, Let's talk about him. If you put that fucking song on again, I'm going to stab you in the ear. Yeah!
1: Go Bulls!
2: With a knife!
1: A big knife! (laughs) Cutting through a defense like my
2: name is Chase Young! I'm not scared!
1: Oh, I think she All right. Yeah, there. There. She threw the phone across the room. Please
0: note, Chase Young plays running back now.
1: He does. Running from the NCAA, that's right. That
0: would be pretty good if it's like, no, you suspended the defensive end. I'm, I'm the other one.
2: This episode of the Shutdown Fullcast is sponsored by Otterbox for when you absolutely, positively have to throw Spencer's phone across the goddamn room.
1: Just know that Ohio State's so generous that they gave the world Joe Burrow and then let him go to LSU.
0: Yeah, and, and I mean, hey, that, that that turned out well for everybody, didn't it? We all enjoyed Saturday. We all, we all enjoyed seeing what, seeing what Joe and the boys did, did the big, bad, invincible Alabama.
2: Saturday was so good that it overshadowed that orange Demogorgon showing up in Tuscaloosa. It truly did.
1: Uh, that's like I, I. There were so many good things about this game, uh, right down to LSU deciding to attempt to ice the game by having a freshman cornerback uh, in a one-on-one versus an Alabama receiver at the end of the game, and thus giving up a uh, what a ninety-yard bomb with a minute left. <laughs> like LSU's, like oh, we got this in the bag. Nope. One leg to a tug of Hiloa. Heaving the ball downfield. to I believe Devontae Smith at that point? Yeah, yeah. Stingley had a very long day. A very long day against Devontae Smith. But you know what? He's a freshman. That was going to happen. Like they got three receivers. Guess what? Somebody's going to draw the poison pill, right? Like somebody's got the short straw. That's you, Stingley. I think they were like, yeah, just put the freshman on him. We don't want to look bad. Put the kid on him. He can redeem himself.
0: Yeah, we looked back uh, a year or two ago at the famous 9 6 LSU Bama game. Um, and there was a point in that game where Uncle Gary says, These teams, they combine, they probably have 10 future NFL defensive backs. Uh, and I think Bill recounted, and it was actually 12. <laughs> Gary was not a big enough homer for the SEC. You look at this game, you could probably say the same thing about the wide receivers. I don't like these DBs. You know, these DBs are good. I don't know what they were supposed to do here, particularly you know in a situation like that.
1: What, what? No, they they were supposed to lose. That's what they were supposed to do. I don't know about playing press man <laughs> with the lead in Bryant Denny, but you know what? Go off, Dave Aranda. Go off, man. If if you're hot, you know, let it roll. And they did, and it went 85 yards the other way. And... Kept the game closer than it really should have been. But hey!
2: Ryan's got, 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 got the ball and, back. <laughs> Ryan's not here tonight and we're all sad about that. Uh, who is going to do Coach O voice in his stead?
1: I think that's Jason. Jason feels like the, the, the default Coach O. All right. Here. I can all roll right. in a little bit, Coach O.
0: <laughs> I had a cold up until like three days ago. Now I wish I still had one because that would be very helpful.
1: This was, this was by the way, Ed Ogeron doing something that Les Miles refused to do for what eight years, nine years, mm. change the offense that wouldn't beat Alabama. <laughs> you got you were out outwitted by master stratagem, uh, Ed Ogeron. I know we keep saying, "Hey, you guys are underselling Ed Ogeron." Perhaps, perhaps. I don't. I don't really think any of us are underselling him. Uh, I think it is fair to point out, though, that when you're talking about you know, strategists and offensive geniuses, the first name that appears in your mind in the SEC uh, is not Ed Ogeron.
2: I think that's exactly who you call when you want to out-scheme a famed football mind like Nick Saban's, who's clearly lost a step.
1: <laughs> the funniest people to, to beat Nick Saban? It's still Hugh Freeze twice. Oh, yeah. That's it. Like, the great joy of... The former women's basketball coach at a Christian Academy in Memphis, right?
2: I'm sorry, what's funny about him being a former women's basketball coach besides everything?
1: Besides everything. That it's that it's that it's removed by so many degrees from the thing that he actually did to beat Nick Saban twice, right? Like, oh Nick Saban, you gotta pay that guy nine million dollars a year. His mind's like his mind's just like a giant crazy supercomputer. And Hugh Freeze is like, throw the ball downfield. <laughs> hope some stuff happens get excited get Chad Kelly get a get a transfer from Clemson who once you know threatened to come back to the club with an AK-47 twice
2: twice I like that Uh, I like a couple things that that came out of this game besides the score I like that where for a few years we were on the well you got to have a quarterback with absolutely no rhythm to him like Johnny Manziel uh, if you want to beat Bama like Steven Garcia if you want to beat Bama. And now it's like, well, you got to have a coach with absolutely no rhythm and no pattern. If you want to beat Bama Um, and a bunch of generational talents uh, stacked at at as many positions as you can, that is also helpful. Uh, That is not stopping certain other schools in Alabama's division who may be dissatisfied with their coaches from wondering, Hey, who can we pick off the, the, how can we imitate what LSU has done uh, hmm. at coaching? Hold that thought. We're going to come back to it in a couple of weeks.
1: Also, just hit the running back. Like that's the other thing. Like the great, the great mystery. Yeah, that's a
2: great idea. The
1: great mystery was why don't you throw the ball to your running back too? Like Clyde Clyde Edwards Elayer catching the ball on that little Texas route, that little angle route that everyone calls it NCAA to do great damage. Like. LSU did exactly what you would do in video game football, right? Angle. I don't know. Running backs open. They did that all night. They got a crucial late first down. Just, I don't know, give the ball to Clyde. See see what happens. You know who else used to do that? Spur here. Just throwing to running backs underneath when nothing else was open. It's crazy how that beats good defenses.
2: Weird.
0: I love the idea of LSU winning the national title and uh, the copycat kicking like you know the copycat craze kicking it because how the fuck do you copy coach O? does that mean <laughs> yeah. you go get a big buy you defensive line strength coach and let him grumble at people does that mean you hire your your university and state's most representative human alive because that's gone poorly for say Ole Miss you know like there could be a lot of lessons to take do you go get a former failed head coach who had a great run as an interim and suddenly became like you know very good at connecting with people after being like the worst person alive at it. Like what lesson do you take from (laughs) the incredible job at Ogeron has done at LSU? You know what I mean?
1: Mm.
0: There's a lot to think about, I guess.
1: I think there is one, like one serious thing that, that a lot of coaches won't do. And that's this, that you, you really should change before you, uh, you die and you die out. Right. You should evolve. That sounds crazy, but that's, Something that coaches don't do because they're so reliant on what has worked for them in the past. And the guy who, in this case, is Ed Ogeron's real mentor is Pete Carroll. And when Pete Carroll came to USC, he changed the way he did everything because he was tired of losing. That's it. Do you think Ed Ogeron really wants to run, like, four wide? Right? No. No. Ed Ogeron is a defensive coach. He's a defensive line coach. He would be much happier lining up with, you know, two, two, three, tight ends. They would much rather run what they were running before. It's way more in keeping with everything that had been his philosophy prior to this. But guess what, Pete Carroll uh, probably you know serves as a good example of uh, change the way you do everything. Ojeda, by the way, started to do this when he was at USC. He wasn't really a players' coach, right? He was like, oh, wow, Boys at Old Miss, it was real hard, right? You're right. And then when he went to USC, it was like I'm gonna make a mistake. You yeah, know,
0: they, yeah, yeah. They they were doing like uh, like cookies after practice and all that type of stuff
1: no they got them Popeyes they got them Popeyes after work <clears> right <throat> yeah, I got everybody Popeyes. yeah you got, yeah, them, they
0: got them all the snacks they could want it's just I feel like there are a lot of lessons you could take from how this has gone that wouldn't really be the lesson I, g- I guess the other is also it, it's nice to have four million dollars to spend on you know coordinators that's it's, that's, it's... that's a good lesson to take
2: I'm just <laughs> extremely excited no matter in which direction they run to see as many administrations as possible uh, run with this notion to the furthest possible extent. I and Because, you know, scooping up Saban assistance back when you were trying to copy Saban worked out so well for most of the schools that tried that.
1: Also, wow, Steve Sarkeesian in a big game for getting the run until it was too late. Who knew?
2: Hey, speaking of uh, watching coaches we love to watch make a whole bunch of weird decisions in late big games. Oh, go on. Roll the boat! Roll the boat! that
1: would be undefeated Minnesota. In your face. Just splashing, splashing happily on the lake of success. Beating Penn State. Uh... And yet another game, because all Minnesota does is play, you know, exciting, <laughs> tight games. That's that's It doesn't matter who they're playing, by the that's way.
2: That's nine Minnesota to you, sir.
1: Correct. A, a team that uh, yesterday finally showed that if you want to be successful, you have to play Georgia Southern early on, right? Mm-hmm. You have to play South Dakota State. You have to play the giant killers so that you can ensure that you are not a giant to be killed.
2: Oh.
1: That's the key, y'all. They, you know, play San, Di- play, uh, San Diego State. Oh, the San Diego State uh, Jack-Aztecs. We're doing great. The South Dakota State Jackrabbits took them to a 28-21 nail-biter. They almost lost to Georgia Southern, who must be a great team because they beat Appalachian State. And Appalachian State just beat South Carolina this weekend. So, And South Carolina beat Georgia. I brought it all the way around, didn't I?
2: James Franklin has one of the most memeable sideline reaction faces in the game, but I got to say in yet another triumph uh, for this program over the big 10, Eli Drinkwitz has some of the best on camera facial expressions when the game is not going his way that (laughs) I've ever seen in my life.
1: Eli Drinkwitz has a face that. He's like
2: that pain scale at the doctor. He makes all of them at once though.
1: His face immediately defaults to do what? Like that's it? Like immediately? Like mouth, he looks do- like
2: a mime.
1: Yeah. Do what? Huh? What y'all he, say?
2: He kind of does this. Like podcasting is a visual medium, so you can't really see what I'm working here with here. But he kind of does that. You know how the brontosaurus in Jurassic Park, kind of like swerve their next their necks, kind of curiously. Yeah. It's almost like he has a go go gadget neck that he can just kind of go. Roop! With, and he does it kind of from side to side, like a large flightless bird. Anyway, great addition. Uh, he, I I was very fond of, of watching him last night, even before uh, they whooped up on South Carolina in Columbia.
1: I'm just happy that we got to the point where I've managed to figure out how we could get a transitive win by Minnesota over Georgia and thus get them in the playoff over Georgia. That's done. Mm.
2: Georgians don't row their boats. They pay people to do that. <laughs> It mess up. It, it it would callous
0: my hands, Scarlet. I think the Georgia version is tow the boat. Right? <laughs> if PJ Fleck if PJ Fleck takes the Georgia job, that's how he's going to adapt it.
2: Tow the boat. Tow the boat.
0: See, it
1: works. I got an F nine fifty now. Isn't <coughs> that what you guys do? They make those, don't they? I'm PJ Fleck, and oh I'm Southern. Oh my God!
2: PJ Fleck doing truck commercials. I need this, Lord.
1: If you want to know, by the way, what, what Minnesota, like why Minnesota is good, it's because they do things like this. They, they really like, I think they had like a two to one run pass ratio and they just kept sort of slamming away. But every time they passed the ball, it was to somebody who was designed to be extremely open based on something they obviously saw against Penn State. It was just like that guy and that guy and that guy open again. Wild how y'all didn't fix that. It's not like Tanner Morgan was just out there dropping like, you know, genius bombs straight off his dome. No, like Rashad Bateman was open all day long. He had 203 yards receiving, and Penn State could do nothing to stop it. I do think it is somewhat of a disservice to point this out uh, because it doesn't really – it doesn't give the proper amount of shine to Minnesota and what they've done this year. But watching this, it was really hard not to think, uh, you know, about Ohio State as we do. And how hard Ohio State is Play going to... Play the song. I can't. My phone got thrown across the room <laughs> somewhere over there. But it's very hard... I can
2: see it. I'm not going to get it.
1: It's very hard to not uh, think about how hard... The Blacks yeah. are going to go ahead <sighs> and absolutely destroy this Penn State team.
0: Are they also going to destroy this Minnesota
1: team? Probably. Yeah. Probably.
2: Like a Bob Evans bathroom.
1: Yeah. But if you, but if you look and you go... I don't know man like what team like what team is going to give them the most studied detailed working right on the way to a 20 point loss at the hands of Ohio State probably Minnesota I don't see a team that's really playing as well or as disciplined like they're just going to stick to the plan no matter what happens in the game and the score is going to be lower than you want it to be Ohio State which you know you probably want it to be like 70 to 10 but sorry you're not playing Maryland yeah, I have no idea what to make of Minnesota at all. Uh they're just a, like they're a very together team. Like if you watch them, they don't they don't make mistakes. They don't, you know, like they don't it's make all
2: mistakes and they capitalize on mistakes made by others.
1: I mean, they're they they're very buttoned up. They're very organized.
2: Maybe at That's, this point
1: in
0: the season I guess most of my Minnesota watching has been this game and then the
1: first 3 games. <laughs> they made oh, mistakes in those games. <laughs> they made many mistakes in those games. But they're still going to stay at the same gear. It's not like it's not like they take big wild swings, right? Like the team that takes big wild swings is like Penn State. The team that actually takes big wild swings is Alabama. Like Tua didn't really complete a whole lot of passes. Like I think he was 21 for 40, but all but he had 400 yards. Like they just took nothing but haymakers because that's the only thing that Alabama was able to hit consistently. That, you know, Steve Sarkeesian forgetting he had a running back who couldn't be stopped.
0: Yeah. Go for, figure. Former number one running back recruit. Those are easy to lose track of from time to
1: time. Mm. Oh, this guy.
0: Crap. Give him the ball. So, uh, Minnesota, the, uh, I think this week they'll be a little bit easier to rank. Last week it was like I don't know, put them anywhere between thirteen and twenty. It does sure, but this week, sure, put them. You know, I don't know, eight. Fine. Yeah. I was looking at the. Uh, I, I, I cite this a lot: the Massey Computer Composite. It's not the Massey ratings that ran the VCS. It is a collection of basically every computer rating. I was looking at the standard deviations, like which teams do the computers most disagree with each other on. Uh, the most disagreed upon team in the current top 10 is Minnesota, where the computers rank them everywhere between 2 and 20. Quite a span. Uh, that sort of segues, segues into Baylor, which is an even more confusing team. And I was trying to figure out if this is the most <laughs> confusing team that uh, in recent college football memory. And I think it might be. Um, using that same metric, that standard deviations metric, uh, Baylor <laughs> Baylor's ranked in the computers between 3 and 30. Sure. Uh, yeah. In, uh, in SRS, a stat I said a lot, they're a 20th against the 78th best schedule. A previous undefeated Power 5 teams with disparities this big, 2015 Iowa, 2014 Florida State, 2006 Rutgers, and that's it for the entire in this entire millennium, uh, those teams, all their post seasons went great. All of them. They didn't, but like, what the fuck do you do with Baylor? It, it, the, the, the other thing I was looking at here is, um, over the last 20, 21 years, the undefeated power conference teams who've ranked outside the top 10 in the computers at this point in the season, you have 2012 Ohio state, that weird bull band team,
1: 2019
0: yeah. Baylor. And that's it. So like, Five one-score wins, two multi-overtime wins, all against nobody particularly awesome, but they're undefeated, decent at defense, two or three really good wins. I don't know what the fuck you do with this team.
1: No, hey. um, I think you do with them what people have done since time immemorial in the polls. <clears throat> Ninth. Sure. Ta-da! Yeah. Ninth. What does that mean if I put them at nine? Nothing. It means, oh, look, you're top ten. Just Barely just barely also that way we don't have to consider you for a playoff slot
0: we might if they beat oklahoma no. then what then, then what oh
1: if you beat oklahoma well now you've obviously done something that indicates real quality Yep. Yeah, so i can move you up to hmm six look who just almost beat oklahoma it's not it's not that hard apparently you you disrespect the name of brock purdy on this podcast one more time one more time
0: I mean, shout out to Iowa State for going for two, by the way, for dying as champions. for
1: Like a boss.
0: For living, living as, as Vikings, going down yes. like heroes.
1: Very, very, very bored Vikings far away from water. <laughs> <laughs> what are we going to do with this boat?
0: <laughs> I guess we're stuck here. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, Baylor, um, whatever happens against Oklahoma, hopefully it's decisive, I guess. Cause I, I I don't know. I'm tired of trying to think about what you do at this team. They would be uh SP plus would have the S ampersand P plus would have them as an underdog to four loss Washington <laughs> and three loss UCF, yeah. a non-power team. This is mm-hmm. an undefeated big 12 team. <laughs> and like, I, I really don't know if we've ever seen anything like this.
1: Anyway, yeah. If you, that's it. If, if you did not watch the end of that game, the OT, um, it was 9-9 nine, nine going into overtime, so that's how you know they're a quality team. Again, Baylor, thanks for giving us no data. Like, hey, tune in. You got some time. Watch Baylor. They play don't believe TCU. In
2: science. Haven't you seen those fools yeah, and trying to rewrite probably, our textbooks?
0: That explains a lot. Yeah.
1: Yeah. If not by sight, then by faith. Yeah. That explains how you get to 9-9. Nine, nine, right. Also
2: explains the shiplap craze.
1: Yeah. <laughs> All them sliding doors. So let the spirit in. All them barn doors. It was 9 9 going into overtime. If you did not see it, just a series of wild, mostly random pass completions keeping this game alive. The whole time you could just see Gary Patterson going, Just make a bowl. Just get to a bowl. Just get me back to the cheese it bowl. Back to the cheese it. God damn it. They
2: got, they got cheese it pizza now.
1: <laughs> I can eat it and sweat. Then I can order another one, and I can use it as a napkin. <laughs> Give me the big wet pizza. Someone
0: actually in uh, Banner God. Society Slack. Uh, d- hey, Holly, I I shouted out Banner Society first, by the way, on this hey, episode. Hey, look at that. So you did. Look at that.
2: We're chasing Bud. We're all just chasing Bud. I'm
0: the best promoter here currently. I agree. In our in our Slack on Saturday, uh, Joker Strength did break down a cheese it pizza review for the group. And oh,
2: a uh, what?
0: Yeah. there's a, Well, there's a cheese it pizza now.
2: Oh no, we yeah. have oh, strayed no. so far from the eyes. I believe of God. it's Pizza
0: Hut. Not that
1: that's a surprise, but uh, no,
2: no, it's really not.
1: Yeah, it, I don't think the I'll Taco be trying It's Taco Bell of
2: pizza. Yeah, it's not.
1: Yeah, Maria Taylor telling me it's not college football without the hut is kind of like saying, you know, hey, it's not college football without Notre Dame football.
2: It's not, and that's just one of many things wrong with college. Football. I think.
0: I mean, I think the hut. That's saying we're like. It's not
1: college football
0: without Weber State.
1: Yeah, or just right. some sort of yeah, or just some sort of presence that you go. Well, they're definitely around. Like the Notre Dame
0: of pizza. That's like Godfather's Pizza or something like that. Or like that's oh, you know what it is? It's Chicago Pizza is the Notre Dame of pizza. Ah. Oh. You know, just like oh god, this is a lot. This
1: is so heavy. So <laughs> this is heavy. so
0: fucking touristy. Everyone in Chicago is like, we don't even like it.
2: This is the Giordano's <laughs> at the airport, only it's not good.
1: Yeah. O- only I
2: like the Giordano's at the airport. Shout out. Only Lou
1: Holtz can make it good because you have to stack the bullshit real high <laughs> in order to make it something palatable. Wow.
0: Also, you know what? You watch Rudy, you listen to Newt Rockney stories. That shit is way too cheesy. Huh? Correct. There you go. Who's ah. the who's, the, who's cr- the Totinos of of college football?
1: St-
2: it's Arkansas. Arkansas. <laughs> oh.
1: oh no no no! Do you eat Totinos late at night? They've got to be like yeah. Boise State, yeah. right? They got to no, be Wazoo.
2: Like Boise? Like, Are they Wazoo? No.
1: That's a better choice. Well, San Diego State. Choice. Well, there's a better choice because you know what? Sometimes Totinos burns the whole house down. <laughs> San Diego State is like
0: frozen Totinos.
2: It's like
0: you bite it and it's like, ow. Don't God. watch San Diego State. Oh my God.
1: I'm going yeah, yeah, let, to let's
2: not talk about what happened to them.
1: Jesus. Man, Rocky Log, Rocky Log is the best. What's this game going to be? 21 17. No. Who's going to? Yeah. Two to one. <laughs> Two to one. <laughs> What's it gonna be? It's gonna be a win. You're gonna hate me. You're gonna hate everything you just watched. But we're gonna win. Like, like uh, the the Mountain West
0: brand. You know that applies to most of these teams. It does not apply to San Diego State.
2: No, no. neither like, mountainous. Like, yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe that's the problem. There are not enough mountains. Mm-mm. It's like super Northwestern playing in the fun
1: league. They, they are, they are. Like,
2: hey, should we move Northwestern to the Pac 12 and put, uh, or to the Big Ten? Sorry, y'all know what I mean. Should these two teams switch conferences?
1: Yes, absolutely. Thank you. San Diego, like San Diego State. San Diego State
2: is a fine academic institution. Mm
1: -hmm. San Diego State basically plays like Bo Schembeckler ball, right? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Michigan 2, we'll just call them that. Michigan 2, San Diego State. (laughs) <laughs> they did get uh they did get Brady Hoke from there so that's true and, and then they sent oh, him back God. there. <laughs> yeah. See we we already have a pipeline. <laughs> we have an exchange program. They're equally um,
0: good universities.
1: Oh wait 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 didn't uh, didn't uh, oh my gosh it, it wasn't Jim Harbaugh the coach at UCSD.
0: Uh, he was at he was at regular San Diego.
1: Oh but yeah still in yeah. the area
0: yeah. in the area we're still close. Yeah, we're really on to Also, he coached the Chargers.
1: Yeah.
2: You can't prove he didn't.
1: Everyone has coached the Chargers, including Mike Loxley. Including
2: How Including th- our sponsors. Put an ad break right there. Yeah, I'm thinking ahead. That's good.
1: Perfect. Speaking of set. Speaking Ryan, of put set, the ad right here. Right here.
2: Ryan, you're in charge, right?
1: Ryan, this is all your fault. Technically, I'm going to need some help for y'all to walk me through the entire step-by-step process of figuring out how Mike Loxley tried to sabotage Ohio State football, because I think I know all of the steps.
2: Well, if you read the top whatever.
1: I did. I Which did. was and half you. Which you
2: wrote half of.
1: <laughs> I did, and it was half me, and I read it. But I just want to make sure, by way of enforcing credulity here, that I have it completely right. Okay. So- so,
0: Alex first of all, Kirshner we don't know that any of this accused, is remotely true. Yeah, Al- Alex Kirchner has personally accused Mike Loxley of no, that's not true. That's not <sighs> no, true. No, you can not. Email Alex. Woo, you no,
2: contact no. Contact Alex at thirty-eight Godfrey.
0: <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Chase Young uh, went to a Maryland high school. That if Mike Loxley had been around, he would have been, you know, strongly pursuing this pursuing this young man. But Loxley was a Bama at the time. Uh, it, it happened to be days before Ohio State played Maryland that the kind of weird NCAA thing came out. Like, how would anyone know about this uh, if they hadn't been connected to uh, Chase Young at some point in the past? Um, happened to be during the game. A Maryland commit from Young's old high school decommitted from Maryland. So a lot of people were saying like, oh, obviously Maryland snitched and it was even being talked about on the Fox broadcast and all that, which like it's a convenient storyline and it's very entertaining, but like that would be the dumbest fucking possible thing they could ever do. Not just during the game, but, you know, recruiting fallout would be insane as as Alex responsibly noted in the newsletter that really makes me think it's true (laughs) (laughs) are you saying mike loxley has had bad ideas before
1: yeah this is all going really great remember when they won two games and scored 70 plus points on howard and everyone thought oh man he's turned it around
0: yeah well they turned it around all right
1: that's true that's true down is a direction yep (laughs) yeah
0: my um I, I like the theory more if you find a way to say Maryland is basically doing this as a favorite to Michigan, Maryland is like, all right, we'll, t- <laughs> we'll go ahead and we'll we'll take we'll eat the 78 point loss, but this draws Michigan like two points closer at the end of the year because like we saw, in the Big Ten East, we see, you know, like Rutgers was sort of a, a, a junior Ohio State for a little bit there. Maryland and Michigan had a little bit of a of a partnership there. Jim Harbaugh likes to recruit New Jersey a lot. You know, you you can find enough threads to sort of line up a conspiracy where Maryland is like doing this as a favor to Michigan. If you really like conspiracy theories, which everyone does.
2: Buddy, if I wanted a conspiracy theory, I would talk about how close Arkansas is to being the worst as he's ever.
1: Well, if, if only somebody had figured out whether this was true or not.
2: This is what happens when we have show notes. So uh,
0: I happen to have looked into this. Um, Go on. The reason would be, obviously, Arkansas has fired Chad Morris, which you can uh, not listen to in PPN. Because they
2: <laughs> nope, they missed it.
0: They were in too yeah. big of a hurry to get their episode out. So they did talk about it though. They did talk about it. We're under the assumption he'd be fired. So they were just a little too hasty. Unlike us, we were patient, reserved, waiting for all the information to arrive. So out of 1015 seasons played by individual F- SEC teams, since time began, Only 25 of them have worse SRS ratings than 2019 Arkansas. That would make Arkansas the 26th worst SEC team of all time. However, we can whittle down that list. We can make Arkansas look even worse here. It won't be hard. They they did most of the work for us. Um, Let's see how many of these. Eight of these teams are either Sewanee or Tulane. And they're all back in like the 1930s and whatever. Like oh, seven of these teams were heck, Clark's Swanny teams. The, the, these were not cut out to be SEC institutions. Into the even into the pre-modern era, we're not going to pick on Swanee and Tulane.
1: Tulane is doing no, fine I, now. No, it, and like Swanee had Swanee had players who were missing games due to like pleurisy and trench foot, right? Like yeah, I missed. Swane's heyday was 1899.
0: Yeah. We're not going to pick on Swanee. Uh, we are also not going to pick on Vandy. So there go another 7 of the 26 worst teams in SEC history <laughs> because SEC, Vandy on. is here just like so teams like Arkansas can cheat off their paper, right? Like they're not actually here to compete. That's not fair either. So so we've cut this list uh mostly in half. Arkansas is now one of the oh I don't know, like 13 worst teams in SEC history. Uh, we're going to take three more teams off the list. They're disqualified because they actually won multiple FBS equivalent games. Unlike 2019 Arkansas, uh, who one of their wins is over an FCS Portland State that suffered far worse losses to Idaho State, Montana, and UC Davis. Arkansas, you do not get, mm. get credit for being almost as good as Idaho State. So off the list are uh, Rich Brooks' is 2005 Kentucky, Carl Voiles' is 1947 Auburn and Jackie Sherrill's 2003 Mississippi State.
2: Woo! It's a spicy blend.
0: Next up, 1948 Auburn misses the cut because unlike 2019 Arkansas, 1948 Auburn didn't lose to any non-power teams and had a better win percentage than 2019 Arkansas. 1948 Auburn, you are not the worst SEC team of all time. Congratulations. Now we're down to one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Arkansas is one of the seven worst SEC teams of all time. Three more are disqualified because they only lost to one non power team each, unlike 2019 Arkansas. Uh, these are in chronological order the 1949 Mississippi State under the tutelage of Coach Slick Morton, who lost to a prehistoric Cincinnati. 1982 Kentucky under Jerry Claiborne lost to Virginia Tech before that was a thing. In 1994, Kentucky under Bill Curry lost to ULM. Common thing for SEC teams. Hi, welcome back to the Shutdown Fullcast. <laughs> this uh, brief intermission was brought to you by... Uh, the the power went out at one of our studios tonight. And uh, I assume there was some sort of a violent scramble for resources uh, over there.
2: <laughs> yeah, uh, I had ore... But Spencer had sheep. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, so we decided to collaborate.
1: Yes. And all crime was legal for 45 seconds. <laughs> 45, 45 sweet seconds. How much crime could you do in 45 seconds, like, from where you're sitting right now?
2: Like, Nintendo Super Toy Run style? Yeah. From where I'm sitting?
1: <laughs> from where I'm sitting.
2: Well, I kill you?
1: You could kill me. So that's a big one. Murder right there.
2: Yeah. Uh...
0: I, th- I mean, I think if I hustled, I could make it to a neighbor's house and, like, enter their house and not, I mean, there wouldn't be time to do anything but that. But that is a crime.
2: Mm. That's, yeah It's not the, a
0: big ticket crime. If the purge were 30 seconds long. <laughs> <laughs> and happened at random. And, like,
1: most right. of the time you're like, oh, I was asleep.
2: <laughs> God, what a treat that would be.
1: God, that'd be so good if you were just like, wow well, man, I didn't really think I'd enjoy Fort Knox. But I'm glad I'm here today. It's crazy. The purge is now on 30 seconds.
2: I mean, man, that's a lot of workaday security guards and whatnot who have just been waiting to take it out on somebody. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Imagine if the 30 second purge happens when you're like in gridlock traffic.
1: Yeah. Oh. That would be exciting. Yeah. Or if you're in the bathroom, like,
2: oh, God, come on.
0: <laughs> I'm going to fuck up this bathroom now. <laughs>
2: fling my feces <laughs> i'm gonna steal
0: this toilet <laughs> that's i've ruined
1: or if you're at the mall and you're just like well <laughs> fuck you sephora
2: hey <laughs> oh, Sephora, i would never <laughs> do that. Like that sephora <laughs>
0: spencer mimed going in and like not taking their stuff but rearranging it yeah, like just ah, knocking yeah. everything over <laughs>
1: that's all i would do i think if i had the chance like the law i'd most want to break is just you know public public mayhem <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh-huh nudity would be easy anyone could pull oh, that off
2: arson duh
1: arson would you be can good
2: commit arson from anywhere
1: can you yeah, I mean, just right, sitting, uh, sitting right here. Hypothetically, Could just drop a match, baby.
2: So you, have,
0: you have matches on yourself?
1: No, but they're close. And I they're think right you know there. they're right over there. So. Okay,
0: you always got to have a fire source near blind case We it's are we are kitchen
2: part. adjacent in our current recording setup, uh, and the kitchen does have matches therein.
1: A lot of knives. <laughs> I think if I were in traffic, though, I'm just swerving back and forth, hitting bom, everything bom, I can. <laughs> <laughs> bonk, bonk, bonk. <laughs> I'm finally doing the thing where I tried to ramp off of a car carrier, right?
2: Yes. Just oh,
1: yeah. The,
0: yeah.
2: The yeah. Thing it's their own fault do. for driving with those ramps down.
0: Right. I uh, In high school, I knew some punk rock dudes who played bumper van on the freeway. They had two vans and they would bang them into each other.
1: <laughs> it's, both, it's both easier to handle and much more violent than you would expect at the same time to do that with cars. I'm not saying I know how, but yeah. Yeah. Uh,
2: so, anyway, before before tonight's purge set in, we were talking about Jason's uh, proof that Arkansas is close to being the worst SEC team of all time.
0: So we had just discussed 19 four, 1994 Kentucky, which lost to ULM and no other non-power teams thereby making Bill Curry's program nowhere near shameful enough to compare to the wreckage left by Chad Morris. Next up on the list of our 26 awful SEC teams who are not as bad as 2019 Arkansas, there is 1955 Alabama. Went (gasps) 0-10 under Jennings Whitworth and lost to prehistoric Miami, but 1955 Alabama is out because this was pre-integration and football was not canon yet. So even your worst... Doesn't count. Your best certainly doesn't count, Bama. You have like four titles. Sorry. Uh, 1999's winless South Carolina under Lou Holtz. Even that doesn't count because that team faced a really hard schedule, unlike 2019 Arkansas. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the 99 game, Cox went 0 uh, 11 and lost to ECU, but still, they faced a pretty tough schedule. We are down to two. Out of 1,015 teams who have ever played SEC football, two. One of them is 2019 Arkansas. One in 10, on course, let's say, for one in 10 against FBS teams. Yes, I'm assuming they lose to LSU. Uh, the other is 1988 Mississippi State under Rocky Felker. One of hey. the most fun names to say I've ever encountered in college football. It's already kind of dirty.
1: He already sounds like a curse or a profanity. <laughs> Rocky Felker!
0: <laughs> this is a program legend. He's one of their most beloved quarterbacks and players ever. And like, he, he constantly goes away, gets another job, and comes back. I think he is still on staff as like a, 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 the player personnel director. This team went 1 in 10 against a not difficult schedule, would be by SRS a two point underdog to 2019 Arkansas, lost to Memphis, Southern Miss. And Tulane. And you could still argue Arkansas is worse because, like, either Memphis or Southern Miss, I didn't make a note, it was a 10-win team. Not that shameful. Meanwhile, Arkansas, same 1-10, has lost to San Jose State in Western Kentucky. Western Kentucky is fine. San Jose State is bad. So Arkansas, are you the worst SEC team of all time? The answer is
1: possibly probably yeah. yes yes it's you I, I think it's a call you can make man just go ahead if you were, i mean probably yeah just do it man just, just go ahead i i see no i see no problem with going ahead and saying that this is the worst team because it, if you look at their schedule like there's there's a moment where you can see them give up <laughs> is it there early is, in the first very- half There's a very clear moment where you can see the team completely lose the will to live. It didn't happen after San Jose State. It really didn't. You know, they lose to San Jose State, and that's bad. But I think everyone at that point said, maybe, maybe that's just an aberration, right? Maybe that's a one-time thing. Maybe that's just, I don't know, that's just a big pothole, right? There's potholes on the way the smooth roads ahead. That's that's just one particularly... I don't think
0: anyone said all this.
1: No one said this, but maybe they did, because <laughs> okay. they go on to put up a really good fight against Texas A&M. If you'll remember, this this game came down to, like, mm-hmm. the final possession uh, of the game. They played really well in a 31-27 loss, and I think I remember thinking and watching, hey, you know, they haven't given up. Still going. Still, Still... I don't know, what what Chad Morris motivational phrase do you want? He's got them all. Like he's pretty much second only to P.J. Fleck in terms of mantras, right? They, they kept chopping that wood, right? They kept punching that cow. Mm-hmm. They kept, you know, they kept headbutting that building. All you got to do is headbutt that building. <laughs> It'll go down. Keep mining that asteroid. <laughs> keep, <laughs> keep rocking that Felker, all right?
2: Welcome that animal cracker.
1: Yeah. They they managed to do that then they went and they lost 24-20 to Kentucky and then that's what broke their will because the next the next 4 games are all whoppers, right? They go they lose a close game to Kentucky 24-20 and that's what breaks their soul cuz from that point on 41 point loss to Auburn, 41 point loss to Alabama, a 30 point loss to Mississippi State, a team that had not scored over 30 since their opener. And then the backbreaking loss to WKU at home at home. So I think there's an Kentucky.
0: even darker way to look at this. Like back in week one, when they were barely beating a deeply mediocre FCS team, I remember yeah. Bud uh, came into our Slack room and said like, Hey, did Arkansas get a uh, worse somehow? <laughs> and we're all kind of like, ah, shit, I guess maybe they did. And then the A&M game, I just look at that as like, that is universe designed cruelty at Arkansas's Arkansas's expense, because that game is that every year. Arkansas would rather lose that game by 41 than lose it in the exact same way to A&M every year. So like that as the aberration is the cruelest possible aberration.
1: Yeah, I maybe that's even worse. Yeah, by the way, uh, fun, fun question. Who wants this job? Like, <clears throat> anybody, anybody? No, Mike, thank you. Mike, Mike Leach, maybe. Let's see. No, no, he he ain't doing that.
0: I mean, I don't know. No, nope. I don't know. No. What? Like, I feel like he could do better. I mean, I, and I don't even feel like that's crazy to say. I mean, we kind of know
1: he could do better. Do you, does he want to get fired again? <laughs> that's a good. That's a good question. As you go, do I do I really want to like put the goods on the line for this? Because because he could just stay at Pullman and be okay for the minute, right?
0: Sure. Yeah. I, yeah. Uh, I mean, there's like the usual list of local native sons that gets trotted out. Trotted out. Um, Gus is staying put unless, Derek unless he's fired or extended. <laughs> Darren McFadden. Sure. I think he's ready. Sure. You'd be scared to fire him. They should just bring Houston Nut back. I mean, the arguments against it are less convincing by the year. <laughs> <laughs> like when they're throwing around, hey, we should bring back Petrino. We should hi- We should fucking hire Tuberville. At that point, it's like, shit, why don't you go with the co- last coach who like left on a high note?
1: Yeah. Why don't you go to Crazy. the last coach? You- the last coach to take you to uh, the SEC championship, which he did twice, by the way. Don't ask what happened there; it's fine. They got there, and that's really all that matters. The 2000s were weird, okay? Yeah, they were. They were very profoundly weird. The early 2000s SEC was horrendous. But there's me. a lot of there's a lot of there's a lot of flat bill hats and Houston nut SEC championship game appearances back there, and you don't want to look. <laughs> You really don't want to look.
0: If like somebody threw out Brian Harson, who had, who's been at uh, Arkansas State. I don't know if that's helpful. You know. I don't think it is. Or maybe you're gonna get <laughs> Arkansas State's current coach. Uh, but I, you don't like to acknowledge that they exist. So how are you gonna do that?
1: We thought we'd get relative unknown Blake Anderson. <laughs> that's what they should say. Like, we're gonna get this total novice, Blake Anderson, who's never coached anywhere before <laughs> never been a head coach before just deny it completely hiring former head
0: coaches has gone poorly for us so
1: <laughs> uh, otherwise you just do the what you just do the you just do the exchange where you go from auburn to arkansas and put G- Gus malzahn on home right because i don't know he allegedly loves that job All right.
0: it's time that, yeah, it, it's yeah it's
1: Timing, I mean the ti- that, I, I love
0: that the timing of this. The last time this was a thing was Auburn has a chance to knock Bama and Georgia out of the playoff, and Gus has to do that, or you know, like all that is uh, right back. <laughs> all that is right back in front of us. Auburn can knock Bama and Georgia out of the playoff, I mean, you know. I don't know. Get, we just had uh, the same shit every two years.
1: I know, Gus ends up playing the same video game over and over again, right? Like, hey, new Gus Melzon Experience Simulator 2000, right? What's the checklist? (laughs) Well, you gotta beat Bama and Georgia. Well, that's just like every other game. It's like they're making the same... It's like they're making the same game over and over again. It's an EA... It's an EA sports-ass franchise, is what I'm saying about (laughs) Auburn, okay? New downloadables. Get a carry-on Johnson. (laughs) With some wild glitches, though, like every <laughs> Jeez, other <that's>... edition. That... <laughs> did we just it's explain like, uh... the kick? Did we just explain the kick six? I think we did.
0: Yeah, I, I think it's of an EA Sports. It's a WWE 2K20 type game, where like every other edition, you've seen the glitches from that game, right? Which one? The WWE, the 2K, the, the oh, they're one.
1: no, they're no, they're insane, right?
0: They're amazing.
1: Like I had no intention
0: of buying this game until I saw how. Fucked up it is. It's just completely broken.
1: Anyway, that's Auburn. Yeah, Auburn, broken video game, uh, ass franchise. Ah, huh. do we, do we want to talk a little bit about Illinois? Fear the beard. <laughs> speaking, speaking of a native son of the state of Alabama, Lovey Smith, who has a. Gorgeous, like Muscle Shoals type Alabama Please refer
2: to it as resplendent.
1: A resplendent, because everything about him right down to the beard is resplendent.
2: Magisterial.
1: Ah. Was Illinois heading for a painful loss? Yeah, yeah, that's not new. What's new is that they didn't, i.e. they managed to come back by scoring 27 points in the fourth quarter against Michigan State. A team that, I don't know, how would you describe them offensively? Limited. That's ni- nice. Nice way to put it. Is that yeah? That's a polite way to put it. Uh, they they did not have any method of responding, and they lost to Illinois. Who I don't know. Let me count on my fingers here. Bowl eligible.
0: Bowl eligible. I go ahead. Let's go ahead. I did. Let's go ahead and punch that red box bowl ticket.
2: <laughs> if you want an extremely good, uh, extremely good collection really of joyful noises uh, about illinois football's weekend go download the hurry up episode of papn that dropped this sunday november 10th
1: yeah a banner Society.com production by the way. PAPN. very good buddy proud of you yeah one of the fine podcasts we offer on the internet's greatest collection of college football content community and commentary and combat combat and kombucha. Ew, <laughs> no. Speaking of speaking of speaking of things you thought went bad that came back all the way around and are good again. Illinois football. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm floored that that happened because I thought that was, I thought that was dead in the water. I really didn't think they were going to be able to do anything there. I thought Lovey was finished.
2: Lovey yeah. was counting on that, and you know what? I was about to say he forgives you, but you know what? He doesn't because you're a son of a bitch.
1: Shouts out to their social team for showing the team and uh, the coaches bowling after the game, saying, hey, got to get a few frames in. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Yeah, which also, you know, super Midwestern way to celebrate, right? Hey, we want a football. Let's go bowl. (laughs) The kids will love it. Kids will love it. It's a great idea. Let's take them bowling. Leave leave the wife at home. (laughs) <laughs> See, you leave the wife at home. You go to the, you go get a couple of frames, right? You gotta tell you what, you know, you down a couple of strikes, down a couple of pitches, feel pretty good about life. Got to take care of yourself, is what I'm saying. Fellas, we're
0: taking a big trip to Nashville. I never been that far south before.
1: <laughs> Maybe I should get a seersucker suit. Is Nashville tropical? <laughs> Why is that the best question to ask? Is it El Trophy Cow?
2: <laughs> that's basically the equator, right, Jan?
1: I think I, I think I'll just leave my shirts at home. Probably don't even
0: need to pack shirts if we're going that far, Sal.
1: Are we doing it for cash money and the nine nine? <laughs> uh, that's that's I uh, that's just me basically getting short and going. I I, I don't know, man. Illinois is good life. Life can't get any weirder than that, and the next week it will somehow, because this is the point where the season really starts to take off. That was, by the way, the overarching lesson of this was. I thought, you know, hey, it's been a pretty good season. It's been pretty nice so far. I'm good. Yesterday, I was like, oh, it was great. That was was the best, solid slice of like good nonsensical college football fun I'm gonna get for a while. You you said it, cat. Yeah, we had the two
0: big headliner games. Uh, they were both pretty satisfying in radically different ways. And then you had all the way throughout the mid card and undercard, every single game was of interest uh, in one way or another. And like this is a week where it's like you know, narrowing down the top whatever or figuring out what we're going to talk about here. It's like shit. We could talk about everything. So if we didn't tell you your team is good, then just know that we think your team is good. This was is by Arkansas. far the most
2: emotionally satisfying weekend we've had this season.
1: I speaking of emotionally satisfying, what Tennessee won?
2: That's not emotionally satisfying. What are you talking about?
1: There's a there's a note in here that has not appeared.
2: No, we survived.
1: I. It says you wanted to talk about Tennessee football.
2: I wanted to but, talk about something very, very specific related to Tennessee football.
1: Well, please do. I'm all ears because I saw that and thought, <laughs> who put who put this obvious lie in here? <laughs>
2: this obvious lie in here is that Holly wants to talk about the Tennessee-Kentucky game. Um, first of all, they won. Uh, I my father has taken to emailing me after every Tennessee win, of which there are now several, for some reason, uh, and says, "One more win to Shreveport." <laughs> and. This is a lie. He has never set foot in Shreveport. He will never go to Shreveport. Uh, I will never set foot in Shreveport again if I can help it. But it's an extremely funny little coping mechanism we've developed. So I said this on Twitter uh, on Saturday night. I said, as a born Hilljack, I said, this is a pure compliment. Kentucky after dark in November is utterly hellish. I don't know how they do it. There's nothing scary about that place in the daytime. I just want to give you guys a couple responses I got. Uh, from LL Slaw Dog on Twitter, had this exact same experience in Hazard. I was born and raised in Southern West Virginia, exact same geography and people inexplicably terrified after the sun went down, uh, from Jim Cornett's racket club on Twitter. My younger brother, a former Marine had to do some work in Kentucky a few years ago. He flat out refused to leave his hotel after the sun went down. <laughs> um, And from Twitter user, pumpkin pie is just squash pie with nutmeg. I travel to work in ER in the Ozark mountains. After work, I go straight to my hotel and don't make any eye contact. There's the Tennessee, Kentucky game is always at the end of the season. It's for some reason, always at night when it's in Lexington. And there's some, there's just something about Lexington in November that makes you feel like you're trapped in a Lovecraft story. It's just, there there's something extraordinarily unsettling about it. Uh, And I don't like to watch the game. I don't like to talk about it. However, I did hear that Jarrett Garantano came in for the second half uh, to, I say close out to score all the points and then close out the game. Uh, Not all the points, but to, to score multiple points and close out the game. And it occurred to me that in my studious ignoring of Tennessee football, I neglected to bring up an extremely important fact, which is that his father, James Garantano, was a star wide receiver at Rutgers from 1989 to 1992. Uh, he set the school record for career receptions. Seven. And is currently, <laughs> hush, hush, hush. And is currently in the Rutgers Hall of Fame, Rutgers Athletics Hall of Fame, a real thing that exists. Uh, this concludes my Tennessee football content. Except, Spencer, do we want do we want to talk about uh, do we want to talk about Bowdens?
1: Yeah that that
2: I I okay I need to set this out first of all because this could come off as as gendered and silly. I know that that the converted wide receiver playing quarterback for Kentucky is a named Lynn Bowden. Uh, B is not a Bowden that we know of, and C what we're about to do is really stupid.
1: But every time I think and see Lynn Bowden's name pass, I just think that there is some black sheep of the family, some like rogue member, rogue offspring of the Bowden family who decided that though being a woman and being a member of a family that excels in coaching and not on the field, has decided to break the mold, has decided to not only play men's football as a woman, but has decided to buck the family tradition, put on a helmet and become an actual star on the field. And no, not for Florida State. No, not even for Sanford another Bowden connected family institution no she's decided to do it for the Kentucky Wildcats cuz Mark Stoops is the only one who sees her dream and understands
2: this kind of led me to this weird thing now where you've you've said this so many times and now every time I see Mark Stoops on the screen I think about he's like him being like hey hey Lynn you know up here in Ohio we're we're pretty Ohio adjacent you know up here in Lexington and and that makes us forward thinkers About a lot of things. And here I am talking about the Buckeyes again. Uh, But yeah, it it has made me see Mark Stoops on screen and imagine him as like this extremely emotionally in touch dude. Yeah. Who's like, I see you. I see you in the way that they don't. And I know that you can lead this team.
1: We got enough Ohio in this that we were first in flight. And we're going to be first in the fight to get you on the field, Lynn.
2: Anyway, maybe if they'd actually had uh, a lost daughter scion of the Bowden family quarterbacking them, they might have beaten Tennessee. But they didn't. Did you know?
1: Lynn Bowden, by the way, is awesome. Just joining in like the Benny Snell, the, the Benny Snell straight line of like really good. Under-respected, under-reported Kentucky running backs. Let's yeah. get that clear. The I would like to report. First. I
2: would like to remind you all again that I picked Kentucky to win the East this year. Do not at me. <laughs>
1: it was a, it was a big pick, man. Like I'm thinking the same thing that I thought when Iowa State went for two. I'm like, yeah, go big. Just get it over with early. Either it's gonna hit or it
2: won't, man. Hey, we talked about Tennessee football.
1: I do have a, a prediction that I think. Did we all not just call? Clay Helton finishing 8-4 at USC, making things as awkward as possible.
2: I'm pretty sure we called them going 0-6 to start the season. Okay, okay. yeah, but once that was
1: done.
0: Yeah, I think y'all had (laughs) them
1: going 0-12. I definitely had 0-6. And I couldn't really, like, I couldn't really sit there and depend and bet and know that Keaton Slovis was actually going to, I don't know, do the, like, in the list of weird things that's happened this year, they're, third string quarterback coming in and bombing on utah right for three quarters straight that's a weird thing considering how good utah's been
0: yeah it, it, usc uh just working its way down the quarterback depth chart and each one getting better and better until... and
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's not good it's pretty weird. doesn't say
0: a lot of good things about you it's a sign of poor planning i guess like i don't know you uh that's not how, that's not how shelves are typically arranged. The good stuff on the bottom where babies can get to it. Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, but yeah,
1: I, I think it is Kroger, their QB coach, right? <laughs> you've Kroger, ever been to a Kroger, Kroger, Kroger. field
0: where the Kentucky Wildcats play. See the, uh, I just like that USC gets this new AD, uh, Mike bone, I guess is how you say his name. Mike bone who, and you you get him from the state of Ohio. And the whole gimmick is he's going to hire a dude from the state of Ohio. He's going to deliver Urban Meyer, right? That's supposedly the whole pitch. And uh, here we have Clay Helton quite possibly going as good as 9-4 and four with a 17th-string quarterback in a year in which he was supposed to be fired by, like, October. That's, that's just a weird thing to walk into. And, I mean, sw- you
1: could still fire him. Yeah, no, they, I I don't really have any predictions for what USC will or won't do because it's USC, not saying that they're capable of, I'm not saying they're, they're not capable of firing him. I'm just saying I'm not capable of predicting any way that they make decisions.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Luke
1: Fickle, USC head coach. That's what I'm calling.
0: (laughs) Mr. Hollywood, Luke Fickle.
1: Do you guys um, like wrestling? Oh,
0: God. <laughs> I uh, I did after learning that there is a Rutgers Athletics Hall of Fame. I did skim through it. There are two different people in it whose nickname is listed as Bus, <laughs> 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 and uh, there is a Peaches Heenan who played for the Scarlet Knights in nineteen thirty three, an offensive yes. lineman, Dang a one hundred and eighty pound offensive lineman named Peaches. What? Yeah.
2: <laughs> See, Rutgers week is over, but not really.
0: Played virtually every minute of every game from 1931 to 1933, and that is why he weighed 180 pounds.
1: <laughs> Peaches Heenan.
0: Peaches Heenan. Man there, there's alive. Some good, there's some good names in here.
1: That's great. Hey, you know what? You know who Rutgers plays this weekend, right? Oh, God. Yeah!
2: God, he got his phone back and the power
0: went out. I'm sorry. Dia, did you rig the power outage so you could get your phone no. back?
2: No. The box. No.